Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of College Football Sunday. I'm Steve, with me always is Taz. Welcome back, listeners. Alright, we're back at it. This is our Pac-12 North Preview Show. Pac-12 has a lot going on right now. And I, what can they do at this point in time, Taz? Go to the board. Talk to everybody <laughs> right now. Because right now, it's, 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 like you said, it's chaos right now. Yeah. So take your time as far as Pac-12 and exalt all your options. Yeah. And see and what they are. Don't believe everything you're reading right now. No. I think that's the biggest problem that I've talked to multiple people and read multiple things. And as we was talking earlier, it's just like everybody's just out reaching. Everybody wants to be the first one to break the news. Well, I'll tell you this. I don't got no breaking news. I'm just going to tell you what I know is actually going to happen. Right. And, and just, you, you got to be careful because there's a lot of podcasters out there, man. It's it's crazy. And but, even so, sports writers. And- yeah. Yeah. News coming from everywhere. You don't know where it's coming from. So yeah. you try to go to the most reliable source mm-hmm. and to just kind of stick with that. Because, I mean, we all got a mindset of uh, what we think. Will happen, could happen, should happen. Oh, but yeah. only those behind closed doors know what's really going on. Exactly. So, um, we'll just try to, you know, listen to the, the guys that are in the rooms and mm-hmm. making the decisions. And whatever they say, that's what we <laughs> roll with. Yeah. Wait till they come out and make a statement on what's actually going mm-hmm. down instead of just, oh, well, I heard my team's going here and my team's going to go there. And then this team's going to this conference. And now when I say this, the only thing we know about the Pac-12 right now is USC and UCLA, they gone. Right. <laughs> right. And that's that's the closest thing to facts that we have right there. So all this other stuff about other schools, other teams, unless, you know, the source of those teams are coming out with some you know some information, you know, right now just kinda just kinda hold back, see what happens. So, and this will be an inside joke. The person we're waiting on to break the news is Brett McMurphy. <laughs> 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 well, you know, <laughs> you can pretty much it's an inside in. joke. Yeah, it's an inside joke. You know, <laughs> Brent, no, he's a breaking news guy. So, but yeah, you just, just, just kind of hold your horses, man. I know a lot of people right now are really concerned, especially about their teams. If there's one of those conferences or um, of not one of the the two that are actually pulling uh, teams from, so I can understand the kind of chaos, and you want your teams to be okay. You know, oh, yeah. Once this thing's all said and done. So, but I think just kind of chill is let the commissioners and presidents and ADs and all that stuff, let them handle what they're doing and then we'll see where the ball falls. Oh, yeah. So, if you was the commissioner for the Pac 12, mm-hmm. what would you be doing right now? What would be your first plan? Because, I mean, right now they took uh, UCLA, yes, they have tradition right. and they're an older school, but USC, that's your big dog. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, like we talked about before, they had their whole alliance thing. Right. And it almost sounded like Kevin Warren was just trying to get close to the Big 12 right. or the Pac-12 right. to, I mean, that's that's USC. That's their wife. Mm-hmm. UCLA, that's the side chick and the girlfriend. You uh-huh. could have took Oregon. I, nah, I've been upset, but... Don't 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 take my name. Don't take my number one. Right. <laughs> don't take my wife. You can have my girlfriend. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't take my wife. Yeah. And that's what it seemed like. I mean, so now if you was the commissioner as a Pac twelve, I mean, how? I mean, what would have been? <laughs> and this is a PG show, but what would have been your first course of action when you just heard that 
USC. They took UCL, USC. Oh, uh, first name's going to be first. I'm calling that dude that I made the alliance with. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he get a phone call. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We were supposed to be working together. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you was kind of working yourself. Yeah, working an angle. Exactly. Just trying to back door and get in. Right, because that's the first thing. Oh, we, we need to talk. Yeah. You know? How much of that was going to make a difference? Who knows? <laughs> well, I mean, it won't now, but, yeah, but <laughs> for but, my personal peace of right, mind, right. oh, no, I'd have got it off my oh, that's, chest. That's first things first, mm-hmm. you know, or I mean, or, or you to either talk to your, you know, your guys at the USC's and UCLA's and say, hey, man, what's going on? Yeah. You know, or who knows what talks they had beforehand that kind of led to this. So it's kind of hard to say. But at the same time, you want to kind of still reach out to those teams. Yeah, because you know, I mean you're losing a lot. I mean when you're talking about USC, UCLA, not just you. I'm not just saying teams and football stuff like that. A lot of tradition, man. Oh yeah, I mean not tradition. Tra- yeah, the media market. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you look back at it, I mean USC is really the only team out of Pac-12 that's won a national championship. Yeah, a lot of lots of history behind those teams and that conference, man. So yeah, I mean it's it's ridiculous. Now I start. I sit back and I start thinking because you know the Pac-12. They have some. I mean their their TV deal is horrible. It's the worst right. of. I think it's even worse than the ACC, and they're locked into it for thirty six years or <laughs> however long yeah. it is. Yeah. But do you think that because the Pac-12, a lot of their games is on Fox or ESPN, it's right. kind of a split deal. Right. But you can pretty much look at, like, in the NFL, you know, AFC, CBS, NFC is Fox. Mm -hmm. Well, you can kind of look at SEC is ESPN, Big Ten is Fox. Was this a power move by Fox to say, well, I mean, we kind of already deal with the Pac-12 some, and we know where our money's coming from whenever we broadcast Pac-12. Is this kind of their... We need to pull them in so we can compete with ESPN. Well, yeah, I, I think a lot of it was a, a decision based off what happened also with the SEC and the and pulling up the Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, you know, yeah. they're they're spreading their brand out, spreading their markets out, mm-hmm. and you know it's crazy. I mean, it's not it shouldn't be an ego thing about saying oh who's the best conference because I mean both both conferences have good schools, tradition, championships, and all that. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, about being the alpha dog, it don't really, to me, it don't really matter. No. You know, but at the same time, I think it was like a, a reaction to oh yeah to that decision for those teams to move over. Yeah. And and, and then, again, the unknown. Okay, if you're pulling those things, I mean, what, what's going on? How far are you willing to go? <laughs> Who are you willing yeah. to pull to, to, to extend your conference? So it's like, yeah. okay, we need to start making a move and not sit back, you know, and just kind of let things happen. And then that's what I kind of wonder, too. It's like you stretched all the way out to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of teams in between there. Right. And you took that media market from them. So you're like, okay, now we got our media market there. I don't know. Like, my biggest thing is I think college football is a lot better when teams across the country in different regions, you know? I right. mean, to me, college football isn't good when it's just circulated around one specific region because then you cancel out 75 percent of the rest of the country mm-hmm. and i like where okay let's get a team from out west let's get a team from up north let's get a team from the midwest let's get a team from down south 
You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. College football is always better when more teams are better instead of it just being so region-orientated. Right. I mean, because, I mean, you're talking about all across the country. I mean, there's, in certain areas, football is, it's it's football, but it's different football. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, if you want to go to, you want to get linemen. Yeah, you, they tend to say, "Okay, go up north." You know, pull lineman. You want speed, okay? You come south or something. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You want you want that that quarterback. Well, you go out west. Mm-hmm. You you know. Oh yeah, and, in Texas, it's God, yeah. football, and family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the way it ranks. It yeah. is in Texas. Yeah, but I, and I think it is. I mean, I think it's the the way the landscape was laid. I think it was good because as far as region. It was all good with the Pac-12, the way it was set up, the way the Big Ten was set up, um, the SEC, ACC. Of course, you know, the Big 12, I think it was set up pretty much perfect. Of course, you got a couple teams probably outside the region playing a different conference, but I think the setup was good. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, you you don't know where where it's headed. Now, it's good for football overall. Because you're playing teams you wouldn't normally play and seeing matchups you wouldn't normally see. Yeah. But you could have done that without Anyways. breaking up the conference. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, you can schedule a non-conference game against another power Correct. five. Correct. And I think it would have been good to, yeah. to kind of leave it the way it is and then say, which is what we're going to do. We're going to schedule those games. And that way you probably can still keep your conference together. Everybody can make money. Mm-hmm. You know, you get an increase on this side just as well as up north or wherever. And then you can... You know, kind of satisfy everybody, but kind of getting back to your question about um, the commissioner, yeah, um, of the of the Pac-12. What do you do? The first things first. I think he needs to rally his troops and, and try to pull the the teams that are left in the conference together and somehow assuring them. He say, "Hey, we, we're going to work. We're going to stick together. We're not going to let someone come in and just break us up any farther. And then if we can band together and maybe even build our brand back a little bit as far as our conference." And we can get another deal, and we can, you know, distribute it equally, stuff yeah. like that. So the only problem I, I see with what happening is I don't think the Pac-12 can operate fun- fully function as the Pac-10 like it had been for all the years as I was. I mean, right. it was a Pac-8 a long time ago, but they've been the Pac-10 for the longest, and they could have survived like that. But that was also too with other companies. You had the Big Big Twelve had twelve, the Big Ten had ten, the SEC had right. twelve. You know, stuff like that. And then super conferences. If you was the Pac-12, do you wait for the Big Ten to come steal a couple of teams? Or do you work in alliance with the Big 12? Because the, the Pac-12 ACC thing is not going to happen. I mean, just it's not going to Just logistics mm-hmm. is not going to work. You're not going to play half of your games throughout your whole conference, traveling cross-country over right. four time zones. Right. That ain't going to happen. Right. Now... The commissioner in the Pac-12 and the commissioner in the Big 12 had worked together in bigger business adventures before they became commissioners. Do you think there's some way that they try to work together? Or do you see, like we talked about in the Big 12, (laughs) one of them just saying, you know what? I'm going for the juggler. Every man for themselves. I'm going to come take your teams. Yeah. But I think, to me, it's just my opinion. Smart thing to do right now is say, look, let's band together and see where this thing goes. Because you you know right now there's still a lot of revenue TV money out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, these teams are going to make X amount of money by building these super conferences. 
But there's still, even after that, there's still a lot of money out there to where we can satisfy our teams, yeah. you know, in this conference right here. But you you gotta you gotta be able to assure assure them somehow. Say okay, we're gonna we're gonna band together. We can we can go to them with X amount of teams or whatever. We can strike a deal that's competitive enough to say, hey, man, our our fan base is over here still just as strong. Because I mean, you still have you know, yeah, although it's not the L.A. market, but you still have teams in the California market. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. still strong. I mean, you got Arizona market. Well, the funny part is, too, because when they talk about that, I get the TV market. But, I mean, and we'll get into our breakdown mm-hmm. with our teams and everything else later. But it's not like USC and UCLA been carrying the torch for the Pac-12 any damn way for well, the last, since Pete Carroll left. No, no, they, they hadn't. It's just, it's just, I think, a part of it is... The tradition, the history of them. Oh well, yeah, no, no, no. I'm you know not knocking their tradition of it. Yeah, I'm the not, history of no it is what's kind of still care. They, they they know what their teams can be if they got the right person in place. Oh yeah, of course. And yeah. I think too. I mean, I think the Oregon's can still be just as good as the Oregon's and the Washingtons and the mm-hmm. Utah's. Mm-hmm. Just as good as they are now, they can be just as good. I mean, I, I don't want to say without USC or UCLA, but like I said. It's not like that's been one everybody's been circling on their calendar the last 10 years. No, they haven't. <laughs> so, no, they haven't. I mean, I, I still think they can still have a, a solidify their conference. Maybe they add two teams, four teams, maybe from the Mountain West. Right. Maybe some independents. I mean, maybe something like that. Or maybe even structure things a little different. Something that's probably going to eventually come down the pipeline is, as far as limiting limiting your scholarships. Yeah, you know, once teams start, if they can start making decisions away from the NCAA, yeah, they kind of help you know build their teams back, yeah, and being competitive. So, it's some things that they they need to talk about. And then I think, as far (laughs) as the commissioner, you you take you take feedback from these coaches. Oh yeah, and ads. Yeah, you take you take feedback from them because I mean that's ultimately what's going to hold this thing together. Mm -hmm. First of all, if you got to listen to them because some of them have options. Oh yeah, if you don't listen, I mean, I can I can vote. Yeah. You know, so the first exactly. thing first is try to both you know, is to, to mend that thing together, man, and, and, and assure those teams that hey, we still gonna be strong regardless, we're not gonna collapse. Yeah. You know, we we still the pack twelve. Yeah. You know? And you need to make sure they really mean it because a lot of them will say that today. Right. And they'll leave tomorrow. Right. I mean so phone calls have been sure. made. Oh yeah, as we of course. Speak. Yeah. So. Well, all right, but that's our little pack twelve intro. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. A little bit a little something something going on out, out west. So we're going to go ahead and break down these teams like we do on all our preview shows. Our first one that we got coming up is Oregon. They got a new head coach this year, Dan Lanning. He came over from Georgia. You know a little bit about him, huh? Yeah, Dan Lanning, of course, is going to probably run a similar defense, similar team, Yeah, I would say, than, than what he come from, the area of the SEC. I mean, he got that Tasha Pole. He's come from that coach at Alabama with him that went to Jacksonville. And now mm-hmm. it's D.C., so, of course, that, that landscape's going to be pretty much the same. They're going to recruit the same type of players, um, build the same schemes. Oh, yeah. Um, everything's pretty much going to be similar to what you see in the SEC. Oh, yeah. And Chris um, Ball proved that you can recruit to Oregon, and right. so did Chip Kelly and Mike Bellotti and all those in the past. So I think now it might be a little bit difficult to pull some more of those California kids up just because of, Lincoln Riley being in USC, but I still think they'll get their fair share. Right. I mean, I mean, they got, they, you know, they got good boost of support. 
Oh yeah. Of course yeah. they have a brand. <laughs> a big they, brand. They got things appealing. Yeah. Appealing just to do kids it. to come there. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> more like a getaway. Oh yeah. You know no, I I saw something one time. They said that I can't remember who it was, and it was somebody for Oregon. And he said, you know what? If we can get the kid to Eugene, right. he said, kid never leave. Right. I mean, you have those camps there all the time. So they mm-hmm. get to see a lot of kids in person. Oh, yeah. That they can, you know, kind of convince to come and play over here. And I think it, it, it's it's all about getting certain kids. You yeah. know what I'm Like, you get the right quarterback to come over there. Oh, yeah. You know, guys want to play with him. And then we've seen that happen around the country. Oh, yeah. We have. <laughs> <laughs> so Oregon, they've actually won 19 straight home games. The last home game they lost was 2018 against number seven Stanford, and they lost that in overtime. Mm, that's impressive, 19 straight. And yeah. that's the thing. It's where you start, defend the home field. Exactly. But here's something unimpressive for you. They're 8-8 eight and eight on the road during that same stretch. Right. So that's something they got to address. I mean, Austin Stadium, it is one of the most difficult places to go play at. Right. But good game has to travel. Yeah. Yeah, you have a like I said right now you have a different type of coach than what they've had in shoot who knows how long. Yeah, oh yeah. When was the last time? Yeah, somebody went there that was defensive oriented. Yeah, everybody else was offensive. Yeah, as far as you know, as far Mm -hmm. as you know, dating dating back some years back. But now you have a different mindset now. Yeah, and they always say defense travels. Right. So I could see that getting turned around. I could because I mean they've won the last three straight Pac-12 North titles. Mm Mm-hmm. The one thing that I don't like about Oregon, <laughs> here, here you go. <laughs> no, is I don't like the big non-conference games. I don't. I no. there's there's nothing that the playoff committee has shown me that playing a top tier team, regardless how the rest of their year ends up, playing a top tier team at the beginning of the year that it benefits me. Yeah. But I mean, how much really? Do, I mean, how much does it hurt them? Um, in 2019, if they wouldn't have lost to Auburn, they yeah. would have went to the playoff. If they'd have played Eastern Washington so that or one, Idaho so, or Boise, so basically State that or, one game held them up. Yeah, because it gave them their second loss in 2019, and once they had that second loss, nobody wanted to mess with them. If they would have went, they went 11 and one the rest of the year after they lost to Bo Nix, who is their quarterback now uh-huh. in 2019. If they would have played Idaho. And been twelve and one, they would have went to the playoff that year. So what good did that Auburn loss do for them? Because it didn't carry any weight. Yeah, but then there again, they lost another game also. So if they this if they lost that Auburn game and and then finish out the rest of the season undefeated. Yeah, but then you got to run the table the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> so you're issue. telling me if I play a strong team at the beginning. I have to run the table, so I and, have no hiccups. But then in again, conference. it depends who the strong team is now. Because if Auburn if Auburn finishes in the top two or three, that game don't hurt you as much. It won't hurt you as much, but it'll still hurt you. Yeah, it'll hurt you, but not as much. It's, it's just like look at look at it this yeah, way. Yeah. Last year, Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. That yeah. was Notre Dame's only loss last year. Right. They lost to Cincinnati. Cincinnati got in. Notre Dame didn't. Notre Dame finished fifth in the playoff. Right. So what if they would have played? I don't know. Pick a team. Northern Illinois. They would have went undefeated with Notre okay. Dame and not made the playoff oh. last year over Cincinnati. Okay, if Notre they, Dame would have went undefeated, yeah. they would have made the playoff over okay, Cincinnati. Okay, and they lost to Cincinnati. So if they gotten in the playoffs, oh, regard no, no, no. Regardless, the, getting in the playoff don't mean nothing. Pac twelve ain't been in the playoffs since Washington, right? In twenty sixteen, right. So that's what I'm saying. If Oregon would have gotten in there without losing to Auburn, yeah, 
the, the results probably been the same. Well, but you would have got in. Yeah, but you still would have got that fifty million dollar payout for yeah. making the playoff to your conference. Who's to say that teams wouldn't have been jumping ship because they really think that you can still make it? Right. I mean, think about it. The Pac-12 hasn't had a playoff appearance in six years. Right. So if they would have played Idaho, but it, it, they would have made a playoff regardless of the result. Yeah, they didn't make it because of the, the, of the, the, the strong the out-of-conference game. They made it because the team probably wasn't that good, I would say. No, they had two losses. Yeah. But then and the Pac-12 okay. don't get that respect. The yeah, others, the other but, but normally, yeah. how many teams would do the Pac-12 even have in the top twenty-five? Usually, normally, maybe about three, maybe two or three, but then they'll yeah. fall off at the end of the year. I mean, it's starting out. I mean, preseason, preseason. Well, yeah, that don't count. That. Yeah, don't really matter. I don't it's, count that it's how about you finish. Week six. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If they finish. I mean, are they, are they finishing two or three? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Maybe Utah, Oregon, and USC. I mean, they hadn't no. been that top lately. No, but I mean, you still would have had an opportunity to play for the playoff. Yeah, you would have had I mean, opportunity. You would have gotten in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's probably where it would have ended. Yeah, well, that's fine. But I get in the playoff. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I get the payout. But I that's what I'm trip. saying. It's more, it's more of the, the payout versus saying, oh, I got opportunity to win it. What's the same thing? Who? But let's most just. Teams, most teams that get in there, most teams yeah. that get in there, yeah, they, got, they got a legitimate shot to win it. No. Yeah. Two teams. I'll say three. No. Playoff, but you don't think Ohio State when they get in there they have an opportunity? Yeah, well, it depends on what year. I mean, think about it. Look at the playoff games. Yeah, I mean, none it's of the gonna, playoff games have been close. There's been like one or two playoff games. This whole playoffs has been close since they started. I mean, the BCS was BS. And yeah, I, I mean, don't belong. You, you I don't believe in that. I mean, the last but, few, few years, I would say, the just the last couple years, as far as Clemson, they hadn't had a legitimate shot because of the no. switch over they had from the quarterback, but. For the previous three or four years, I mean, even before then, when I think probably Georgia's circuit second year Kirby was there, Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson had the opportunity. Oh no! Well, Alabama handled Clemson because I think I want to say that was during the Bryant year, Kelly Bryant years. Yeah. Now the Oklahoma no the Dan- but the that Oklahoma was like a, Georgia game was yeah. good. Yeah, but that was like a year. It was that was that was like one year. Yeah. Because the switch came from Deshaun to yeah. Bryant. Then, then after that, then yeah, with Trevor Lawrence, exactly. Yeah. So that's like one year. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I mean, during the playoffs, none of these playoff games have been any damn good, anyways. Not lately, anyway. No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, maybe two games yeah, since what was it, 2014? Yeah, that they started the playoffs. So in eight years, there's probably been two. I mean, national championship games have been good, of course. Of course. But the actual playoff games. Yeah, a couple. Nah, they've been so lopsided. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Hell no, get me in there. That's all I want to get into. Yeah. Let me in the dance. I think now, now it's going to be more competitive. Well, yeah. But, I mean, that would have been my thing. Like, let me in. Yeah. If you let me in, then I, I got a chance. But if I don't get in, I don't have a chance regardless. Well, you, you need know to, what I'm saying? And then that's a period of time that one of those teams, not, I'm not even putting it on one particular team in the Pac-12, but the way it's been the last several years, somebody should have been dominating. <laughs> I mean, yeah, somebody, that's just, true. somebody should have yeah, taken the reins. That's the same thing. And just like, run with it. Caught, like Utah or Oregon last year, they lost. Yeah. They was number three. They lost to Stanford in overtime. Yeah, they were number four. They lost to Utah thirty-eight to seven. Yeah, and blew all their playoff chances. They went on the road to Ohio State and dominated that game. Mm-hmm. 
and then laid two eggs on the road in the pack. That's what I'm saying. Some someone should have took taken the reins and dominated the conference. Yeah. I mean the way the conference has been done. Because you're talking in the last several years you have USC, UCLA, of course, even Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, all of them, even the top teams outside of Utah, really outside of Utah, maybe. Everybody else has had coding changes. Well, yeah, that. And, Stanford, and they can, and the yeah. Pac-12 too does cannibalize itself. So they got Bo Nix coming in. Mm-hmm. They got five stars returning on the O line. Yeah. I think that's a good thing because I know Bo Nix is going to run around and he's going to cut half the field off anyways. Yeah, but but would you think? I don't know. Like I said, he's coming from a different landscape. You think he's going to try to try to duplicate what was done from the previous stop at Georgia? Because you, you don't put too much on the quarterback and just uh-huh. try to put athletes around him. Do this. We're gonna play good defense. Don't lose the game for us. Well, I mean, that was the same. That was the same. You would have to say that happened in Auburn. That's probably the same thing that that Gus told him. Look, dude, don't lose me the but, game. But this was the difference, though. <laughs> this is the difference between I think Gus and what we're probably anticipating now is Gus celebrated him running around. Yeah, and that was a problem. He celebrated when he yeah. you run around throw a touchdown. Oh, he come high five and do whatever. He yeah, celebrated that was that. a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he hindered that kid. Yeah, <laughs> he celebrated that over here. It's like okay, good job, but hey, yeah, that's not how we're gonna win games. Mm-mm. So I would say take that approach. That's true. You know, well, all right. So our next team will be Washington State. We got Jake Dickert, second year. He went three and three last year. He kind of took over. In the middle of the year, he was named the full-time head coach at the end of the year. Their head coach had gotten fired because of some state law, university, COVID testing thing or whatever. So he took over. He went 3-3 three and three at the end of the year. He did win the Apple Cup. They lost mm. seven straight since 2013. It was 2007 since the last time they beat Washington in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So I mean, to that I think that's what probably got him being three and three. Right. But you beat your rival, you handled them, and like I said, your first win on the road there, and what was that be fourteen years? Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. To their credit, they're they're trying a different approach. Oh yeah. You know, bringing bringing it with a new OC, mm-hmm. new quarterback. I mean, oh yeah. Coaches. So I think that quarterback's gonna be good, man. Right. I really, really do. I mean, just taking the approach, like I said, with them, I, I don't know what they're kind of hard to say to play as far as defense. Um, are we going to roll with them? Um, we, we're going to rely more on our defense, or are we just trying to balance it with offense? Or I just nah, we're going to outscore them this year. Yeah, outscore you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're just going to outscore you. We got Eric Morris. We got the number one Juco QB, Cameron Ward from Incarnate Word. Mm-hmm. His second team, FCS All-American last year. No, nah, I don't give a damn about stopping you. I'm going to outscore you. Yeah. Uh, dude, I got a seventh-year wide receiver <laughs> in Renard Bell. Seventh year. Yeah, so What's you that got put like him? the 25? Yeah. 27, something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have had like a couple years in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, he should be on like at the end of his rookie contract. Right. They got another good receiver, Dejon Stib- Stib- Ah. Stribling. Mm-hmm. Hey, dude, he's a sophomore. He had a pretty good year last year. I mean, they lost their top two receivers, top two running backs. But, I mean, you bring in that quarterback from Incarnate Word and Eric Morris. I mean, he's been proven that mm-hmm. he can spread the ball around, get it out there. They do have a – well, we were talking about defense. On their D-line, they have a Ron Stone. 
is coming back. He first team all Pac-12 last year, so make sure y'all look out for him. Ron Stone, I think he'll have a pretty good year at Washington State this year. Right. And like I said, the opportunity's there, I mean, to win some games um, in your conference. So Oh, yeah. I would just say, you know, take it take it once at a time. They do have a difficult schedule, though. Yeah, um, the schedule's a little rough. But. Yeah, it's a little. I mean, it's it's, it's tougher than, than the norm. I mean, they they, they, got, they have Oregon at home, yeah, Cal it's, at home, but they got you go to USC. Yeah, um, but hey, just keep winning the Apple yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah. Not only that, but like uh, just in, keep improving. I mean, you never know yeah. what can happen. You have a new quarterback, and you know he can probably put some numbers up out there. So. Mike Leach proved that you can win at Washington State. Definitely. And There's you no can, excuse. And you can kind of hold things down for the most part, the first part of the season, until, you know, you can get those home games late in the year. Mm-hmm. And, and get it all turned around and get up and get at yeah, it. Yeah, because the elements can work to your favor. <laughs> yeah, well, or against you. Ask Mike Leach. Well, that Remember too. that game against Washington? Right. When he had that, what was that, 11-win 11, 11 team that year? Mm-hmm. And then he played Washington in a snow blizzard. Well, yeah, you know, that one's going to be, <laughs> you know, at the end. So Yeah. All right, so our next thing we got is Oregon State. Right, the Bees. Yeah. They got Jonathan Smith as their head coach. I think he's a great head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think his record shows it. He's 16 and 28, but I think he's a really, really great head coach. I mean, last year he got them to their first bowl game in eight years. I mean, they lost to Utah State, mm-hmm. but they got the extra reps. They got the extra practices. Right. And that's more important than anything, regardless of the result in the bowl game, is mm-hmm. to get them with young guys some extra reps. Right. And they got, what, nine defensive stars on, coming back. Exactly. That's a plus. Yeah. That's something you can you can rely on. It's kind of some With extra bowl practices. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. So you got some vets on that side. So you just um just got some new pieces to break in on defense. I so see you have a deep running back core. So do they do they rely more on that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Pound the ball, yeah. hand it off, play good. Play I mean, good you got defense. nine starters on defense. Yeah. I mean <laughs> that's how you do it. I mean, they return their chance Nolan. He's a fifth year junior. Mm-hmm. Fifth year junior. I mean it's I can't wait till we get past all this COVID and everything so that way we can figure out what class these kids are. Right, right. <laughs> but either way, he's a fifth-year junior. You know he understands the system. Hell, he's been there longer than his coach. <laughs> yeah, but they, they showed some improvement last year, so just keep building on that. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, they beat Oregon in 2020 at home. Mm-hmm. They haven't won in Eugene since 07. But good thing is for them is they don't go to Eugene this year. They right. get Oregon and Corvallis. So can they match what they did in 2020 against Oregon and Corvallis? Because that's a hard place to win. I remember USC went there when I want to say they had Matt Liner. And I think Matt Liner lost up there in Corvallis on one of those weekday games. Yeah, I think they can get back to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have some interesting, interesting games. I mean, they have some... Some of the better games, they got USC at home. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Oregon at home. And Washington State at home. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you can, like some of the other teams, just defend defend home. I mean, mm-hmm. even with Cal at home. I yeah. Mean, there's a lot of the big up conference games at home. Defend home. Yep. And, uh, and that, right there will, that right there will get you to a bowl game. Right. Even if you just split the good games, win the games you're supposed to, right. pull a couple off on the road. 
They say, you know, you don't want eight games on accident. Right. Well, that's a that's a <laughs> team to uh, keep eye on. Yeah. So, all right. So, then our next team we got here, we got Cal. Justin Wilcox. Yeah. He was five and seven last year. And him, too. He is he's somebody I think is a great coach. He got an extension through 2027. 26 and 28. He's, trust me, people, he's, he's getting it together. I really think that. And... I'll say this for probably any other real football fan. If y'all want to go ahead and get rid of him, somebody will take Justin Wilcox as their defensive coordinator at one of these Power 5 schools. Right. Believe me on that. So the thing is with them, they just got to show the consistency. Like I said, they know if you can knock off you know, some of the bigger teams in the conferences that you should be handling the, the mid-level teams in the conference and lower tiers. So just being consistent. Yeah, 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 and Cal's going to do that. I mean, they only got three returning starters on offense right. and five on defense. But I think, like I said, Justin Wilcox is a really great coach. He is. I mean, look at his scores. Remember how we talked about Nebraska last right. year? Right. I was, it's so funny. I was looking at the scores and everything for last year when I was looking at Cal. Mm-hmm. And Cal lost five of their seven games by one score. Yeah, that, that's, you know, that's a big difference right there. You know, five or seven, and what they won five. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you win three now of those, now we're ten and two. Yeah, three yeah. or four of those. Yeah, or even yeah, three or four. I mean, now you're at eight, eight yeah. and four. Yeah. You know, and they got a new quarterback too, just like Nebraska. So that Jack Plummer from Purdue, mm-hmm. and you know, he ain't no relation to Jake Plummer. Right. You know, I actually seen something about Jake Plummer earlier. You know, he's a mushroom farmer. Nope. Yeah, Jake Jake Plummer, Jake the Snake Plummer from Arizona State, is a mushroom farmer. Interesting, ain't that something? Yeah, yeah, had no clue, no kidding. Like right before we came on, I I was reading something and that came across, and I was like, oh my goodness, he is a mushroom farmer. Maybe, maybe he's into something. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe he knows some mushrooms. Who knows? Maybe, mushrooms may be <laughs> part of your healthy diet. Yeah, so I think Cal with the new quarterback, like I said, not too many starters coming back, offense and defense, but Justin Wilcox, great coach. I could see them easily going to a bowl game and probably even, I would say, maybe eight wins. Right. I mean, like I said, playing good defense, I mean, you can't go wrong giving your offense an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, and long, if you long, can upgrade your quarterback, right. that gives you even a better shot. Right. So we'll look at look at Cal and keep an eye on them. Because like I said, they, they've known to knock off some unexpected teams in that conference. And if he can get them kind of playing consistent there, yeah, they can be a, a team to be reckoned with over there in that conference. Yeah, and I think the administrators at Cal actually understand football. Because, like I said, he's 26 and 28, but he did get an extension through 27. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they understand instead of just seeing the final score in the newspaper on Sunday and be like, oh, I can't believe we lost. We suck. No. Actually understand the game. See the game. See the progress mm-hmm. of, of, the, of the program and everything. And maybe so, that's what he sold the progress. And that's that when we talked about that mm-hmm. before, too. <laughs> Sell mm-hmm. the process, not the finished product. Correct. Correct. All right, so moving on to the next team we got here. We got Washington. And they got a new coach. Kalen De- DeBoer went 4-8 and eight last year. Washington, you can win at. They won national championships in Washington. That's been proven. By multiple coaches. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, look at what Chris Peterson was able to do there. 55 and 26 in Washington. Taking over after Sarkeesian. And even Sarkeesian, I think, did really well at Washington. Mm-hmm. All right, so Washington has eight starters on offense coming back. Mm-hmm. But they got a new quarterback coming in, Jazz. Right. Yeah, that Michael uh, Penix Jr. from Indiana. Yeah. Man, put up some serious numbers in Indiana. Yeah, during the COVID year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about challenging, you know, everybody, even Ohio State over there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. People people were watching Indiana that year. So, But then I, I, I think he was injured. Yeah, he was injured last year. Right. So hopefully he can stay healthy this year. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I mean, with him not being one of the eight starters – Coming, yeah. coming in, <laughs> yeah, you, you know exactly. So that's you might as well count that as nine. nine. Yeah, he's coming yeah. in with experience. So nine, that's that's pretty good offense that can roll in that conference right there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be a really good turnout for him, I believe, offensively. Hopefully, they can get together on the defensive side. And then even if that Michael Penix Jr. can't stay healthy, they still have that Sam Heard. Mm-hmm. He is his first year. Or his first start last year was against Washington State. He threw four interceptions, and they had a 27-point loss, which was the worst ever. Right. It was. But sometimes that's, that's part of, you know, developing and getting your feet wet as a yeah. young quarterback. Yeah, because so. yeah, he was what? He was one of the top-tier quarterbacks coming out of high school, wasn't right. he? Mm-hmm. He was, and he's the son of Brock Hewitt, who played there. So, I mean, I, I think that kid will be good. I do. Yeah, and they they did the right thing by bringing in the vet and let him uh, kind of learn up under the vet. So, yeah, because last year was his freshman year, so this year will be his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't play enough, you can redshirt him. Right, and then he can watch and just kind of bring him along slowly. Yeah, and and didn't have to thrust him in there this year and let Penix, you know, get the bulk of the snaps. And oh yeah, yeah. I think I think that was a good move to bring a vet in with a young quarterback. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Can Washington get back to a bowl game this year? Washington can get back to a bowl game this year. But there again, I mean, it's, it's about minimizing the mistakes that won four last year, only, you know, two short of making a bowl. And then, you, like I said, you got eight coming back as far as starters, and you add the experienced quarterback, yeah. of course, and that was probably a big part of them losing, you know, eight of those games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it helps at the quarterback position if you have a pretty decent one. Right. Our last team in the – Pac-12 North, which is probably the most, I guess, intriguing or interesting team, mm-hmm. I would have to say, mm-hmm. last year was Stanford, 3-9. and nine. the hell's going on? Yeah, at, at, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say what <laughs> Stanford is now compared to what Stanford was just several years ago. Yeah. It's, it's like, because I remember that uh, a couple years back, it was like, Dude, like the whole front line transferred. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Line. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago that yeah. everybody left. Yeah, it's like. It I, was. I don't know. It was mind-boggling. I mean, David Shaw's a good coach. He's proven he can coach. He can play. He can recruit. Yeah. They always get good recruits in there. Mm-hmm. But as far as why, why it's not showing up, you know, on the field, yeah. I don't know. I mean, just look at these are the. Uh, I guess the 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 records uh-huh. over the years from 2015 to last year. Yeah. 2015 12 and 2, 2016 10 and 3, 2017 9 and 5, 2018 9 and 4, solid. Come 2019 4 and 8, 2020 4 and 2. That was a COVID year. Yeah, COVID. I don't care. And then last year 3 and 9. Yeah. It's I mean, like look at the downfall. Yeah. 12 10 9 9 4 3
Yeah, trending in the wrong direction. So I don't know. I don't know what he's got to do to get it back on track. If if it's going to take coaching changes, or is it going to take changes philosophy yeah. as far as you know offensive wise? Yeah, because they still um, like to pound it and yeah, play under center and all that. That was, I guess, he just kind of kept the same philosophy even with, from when Harbaugh was there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you have to you have to evolve. Or, yeah, you know. I mean, if you if you even have to change or consider changing, hey, maybe we recruit different and coach different. Maybe we spread it out. That's what most of these teams are doing now. Yeah, you know, it's it's rare that you'll see a team that sits there and just run a complete pro style offense mm-hmm. without implementing some type of spread offense or spread concept in a game. Yeah, and so. then this is the crazy part: they went three and nine last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're probably one of only a handful of schools. They beat two top fifteen schools last year. Yeah, they beat at they went to USC, beat mm-hmm. number fourteen USC. Mm-hmm. They beat number three Oregon at home, mm-hmm. and then of course they yeah. beat Bandy. <laughs> but I mean that their three wins, two of them were top fourteen schools. Right, and he's twenty nine and twenty two against the top twenty five. So like, what what is going on? With the rest of it, I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe those teams presented better matchups for him. Yeah, I mean that's true. Yeah, they're more pounding it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Playing defense, mm-hmm. especially at that time. Right. I mean, last year they got outscored 131 to 314. Yeah. And so, now those two teams, the, the philosophy's changed completely. Yeah, it, it's changed. Yeah. It's not going to be the same as what he's been facing the last couple of years. Mm-mm. So hopefully, he, he, I'm quite sure he's recognized it and, and kind of changed things up a little bit because, uh, I mean, the game is constantly, you know, evolving, man. So. Yeah, and he's a great coach. Yeah. yeah that's that's what just, I mean, because it was mind-boggling. I knew that I knew that Stanford didn't have a great year last year, but I didn't, until I looked into it, I didn't realize that the trend you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I, I never would have thunk that until I actually started looking into it. And I was like, wow. I was like, that is like a fall from grace. You know what I'm saying? Huge, huge. Yeah. And like I said, but because I'm looking at it with every team, every team's in the conference. There was an opportunity, yeah, to take the reins to be the top dog of the conference. Mm-hmm. Everybody had the opportunity. Oh yeah. You know, so uh, we'll see going forth. If uh, some of these new coaches will come in, or even some of the the other coaches will take that lead now. And the good thing is, I mean, for Stanford Nation, they got ten starters returning on offense, so that'll help them out a lot. And mm-hmm. that running back, you know, a little something about their running back. Huh? A little something about that. I'm familiar <laughs> with his, his dad, a former Gator and and Cowboy great Emmitt Smith. Yeah, mm-hmm. EJ. Yeah, and uh, kind of followed him also in recruiting. It's pretty cool that he chose Stanford, yeah, because he wanted to choose his own path. I mean, of course, he his dad went to Florida, but his mom they, they were born and raised in Texas. He and his sister, those, yeah, and uh, Texas and them was another team that was on the radar, also heavy for him. But he he decided to go his own path, which was pretty cool. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying that the the family, not only the family, but the kid was able to. Make his own decision. Oh, yeah. And, and cool. I mean, you can't go wrong with a Stanford education. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. No, no, no. You can't go wrong there. That's, that's, that's the Harvard of the West. Yeah. This but, you know, a lot of times the football part of it can influence you also. You know. Oh, yeah. But I think that was pretty cool. They, you know. Just I going. think he has to have a breakout year this year. 
Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. Like I said, I mean, even with kind of losing all those linemen, were they able to replace them? Yeah. You know, because that's where it starts. It starts up front. Yeah. I mean, they got 10 starters returned on defense. I'm not – or on offense. I'm not sure who the one that ain't coming back is. I yeah. guess I should have looked into that more. But we'll we'll yeah, <laughs> check out that more. I mean, yeah. even with the 10 coming back, they won three games. Yeah. You well, know? yeah. All right. Hey, what you tell me about Kansas? What's the only way to go, Taz? Yep. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, EJ right. Smith, he has to be that Bryce Young, Christian McCaffrey. He has to be that workhorse. He has to be that guy you can lean on. And he has to play. And he's not going to play to the level of his dad. You know, that's way too much pressure to put on any kid. Right. You know, but he has to be. He has. This is his year. He has to be that guy. Or yeah. they'll win three games again. Yeah, but they're going to have to help him because, see, I'm just saying because of the teams now that they're going to probably, you know, possibly be playing. If those teams, I'm just saying, if those teams tend to get ahead, yeah, uh, negate him from carrying the ball. So they got to change the game plan unless he can catch it out of the backfield. Yeah, man. Is that a good? Yeah. We'll find out if he can catch it. Oh, we gonna find out. Oh yeah, <laughs> David Shaw gonna find out. Oh yeah, he <laughs> is. And they should always have a solid defense. I mean, last year they gave up three hundred fourteen points in twelve games, which mm-hmm. was horrible, and got outscored by twenty. But that's just not that's not a David Shaw type defense. We we know he's gonna play great defense, so I think he'll get that he'll yeah. get that ship right it yeah. right quick. So all right, so that wraps up all the teams in the Pac-12 North. So now we're going to go ahead and go through the list. We'll do our players of the year. And offensive player of the year, it was pretty unanimous between the two of us. We end up picking Caleb Williams, quarterback from USC, the transfer from Oklahoma. Right. And outside, like I said, I'm outside of what I've been noticing, you know, when you're talking player of the years and guys who get all the glory, it's going to be the quarterback position. For the most part, yeah. Yeah, for the most part. And and I don't see a lot of, you know, quarterback play that's going to probably put up the numbers that normally Lincoln Riley quarterbacks oh, put yeah. up. No, no, You know, no. in offenses. So <laughs> that's why I kind of give him the nod because, one, he's familiar with his the offense and the coach. Oh, yeah, he knows and, the system. Yeah, and he brought off one of his top receivers also along with him. Mm-hmm. And then you add, of course, another – the Blinevzikoff winner, so yeah, and then Jerry Weiss's son, and yeah, you know, just a an abundance of riches. Yeah, and then and, and dive transfer from Oregon yeah. as far as the run game. So I think the weapons around him probably um, kind of helps him to succeed a little more. Oh yeah, no, I can see that one hundred percent. So all right, so then on our when I our defensive player of the year, I end up picking that Noah Sewell. I hope I, I know I probably said his last name wrong. His brother was that offensive lineman that got drafted from Oregon. But he plays linebacker at Oregon. Noah does. Mm-hmm. And I think with Dan Lanning coming in and that Georgia defense, you know how he loves to have those Georgia linebackers running. And he plays middle linebacker. He's going to control. Right. He's going to be making all the calls. And he's going to run sideline to sideline to sideline. And right. he's going to be blitzing and dropping coverage. I can yeah. just... I can see him racking up a lot of tackles this year. Right, right. And then um, I chose Eric Gentry. Mm-hmm. Um, transfer from Arizona State, USC, which was like the freshman of the year last year. The dude was all oh, over okay. the place. Now, of course, he's got to put on some weight. 
Yeah. But, but the dude was all over the field. And like I said, I think what's going to help USC's defense uh-huh. is, is their offense. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, they put up they put up points and, and force teams to change their game plan. Mm-hmm. And guys can just kind of play free and kind of tee off and do what they do over there. Yeah, and USC, they bring over their D coordinator that he had with him at Oklahoma. Right, right. They did. So, yeah, he'll be flying all over the place. All right, so now we'll get to our freshman of the year. And who I ended up picking was David Bailey for Stanford. He's a defensive end. And I know we just talked about Stanford, and I think he could be the next great D lineman that Stanford has. They Mm -hmm. always end up pumping him out getting first-round picks and stuff like that. And I think that David Bailey can be a great defensive end. He was highly talented coming out, and I think he'll do really well this upcoming season. Taz, who you got? I went with another guy here from the pipeline for USC. It was mm-hmm. that modern day high school. Damani Jackson. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, 6'1", 185. Ooh, he got long and length. Out of high school, and you know he he gonna play a lot. Oh yeah, he gonna play a lot. And and likewise, like I said with with Gentry, I think USC's offense is gonna put him in position. Oh yeah, he, he has just, a lot of chances to make and just picks. play free because I think a lot you know a lot of those teams are gonna be in in pass mode. You know, mm-hmm. at a certain part of the game, so they won't be they won't be after guessing. No, you know what I'm saying, just run or pass. No, they, I'm gonna sit back. <laughs> I'm just going to follow the receiver. That's it. And if I had to go that route, I think he'll get a lot of opportunity to vent passes for USC. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really good pick. Mm -hmm. All right. So those are all our players of the years. And now we'll go ahead and break down how we feel that the Pac-12 North is going to finish. I'll go ahead and get it started. Um, The Pac-12 North winning the division. I got Oregon. I know we talked a lot about him. I just I think the new head coach is going to do a great job. Cristobal didn't leave the cover bare. Like when a lot of other coaches leave for other jobs, they usually leave because they caught the dumpster on fire and they turn right. around and walk away. I mean, he did a really great job recruiting at Oregon. Second, I got Oregon State. I don't know why. It's just something about Oregon State, I think that they'll end up finishing second. I do not quite yet there, but I think they're they're steady clawing their way there. And then I got Washington State. I like them with that that new quarterback they got. And Eric Morris, I think they're going to put up a bunch of yards. Mm-hmm. Cal, great defense, great team, all those close losses. They'll get a couple of those back, but not enough to climb too high up the stand. Don't make a bowl game, though. Right. Washington, got to get back to where they're supposed to be at. It, it really sucks because they're the last team to make the playoff. Yeah. And the Pac-12, and now we're talking about them finishing towards the bottom. And then last but least, unfortunately, Stanford. Like I said, EJ Smith, you got to show me something. All right, Taz, well, that's how I got them finishing up. How do you have them finishing up? All right, well, I went with Oregon. Pretty similar to you, I think, landing, coming in, uh, making some changes. This, this team was already solid, actually, before he came in it. Mm-hmm. So just him adding defense to this team, I think it's going to be a plus. I think Cal. I went with Cal because, one, they did have a lot of close games last year. And I think if they can close the gap on probably three, even even half of those games. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's definitely a winning season and an improvement. Team three, I went with Washington. I think Washington is another team that is going to probably take the next step. Um, just kind of looking at how they start to rebuild the roster a little bit. 
14 is Oregon State, of course, followed by Washington State, which it could have gone either way. I could have flip-flopped Washington State <laughs> versus Oregon State. Yeah. It's kind of a close one because, of course, I think Washington State offense is going to put up some huge points. And, of course, followed by by Stanford also. Like I said, I'm waiting to see. I, we, we see the trend. Mm-hmm. You know, we see the trend of, of Stanford. I understand I can feel that he's going to do this or think he's going to do that. But right now, the record and what's on the field <laughs> showing yep. that it's trending in a, in a bad direction. So until they can change that, I think uh, they're probably going to finish last in the conference. Yeah, like somebody said one time, you are what your record says you are. Yeah. And I'm like you. Until David Shaw turns it around, shows a pivot point, strikes gold, does whatever he did, whatever he done it from the beginning. And like we were talking about earlier, I mean, what is, is it now? Is it the academic strain? Because, you know, to recruit kids to Stanford is like recruiting them to Fandy or Duke or Notre Dame. I mean, their, yeah. their academic standards is first and foremost. Is it the academics? Is it... Just missing on players. Yeah, but I don't know how much is only because I've seen what Harbaugh did there before, even when academics wasn't an issue there. Yeah. He still was able to go out and get solid quarterback play. And I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, as far as building this roster. Solid quarterback play. He was able to get good offensive lineman play, running back, linebacker. So he was able to build a solid team that way. Well, yeah, I mean the same way like David Shaw had. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, he's been there for a minute now. Yeah, but you got to consider of the what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years he was there. Well, that's just the last eight. That's what I'm saying. This is just the last eight. Of those last eight, you got to consider, you know, a few of those years until Harbaugh guys rolled out was still some of those guys he recruited. Yeah, that is true. You know, sometimes you can't judge them until what, what, the first four years, three, four years, you can really judge yeah. a coach. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, he's going to be playing with the previous coach's players there for a minute until he get his guys in there. Then you, you yeah. kind of see what kind of team he can build. Yeah, I noticed that when I was looking and doing the thing for the American, yeah. a lot of schools like South Florida and Memphis, mm-hmm. you know, when you start to see the turnover, you can start to see, okay, this guy's kids was gone, this guy's kids was coming in, and then you see where they're at and what they're doing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it was. I mean, he just, I don't know, like I said, he's a great coach. I just don't. Just to see a fall like that, I mean, it it, it blows my mind. It yeah, does. like I said, I don't know what, if he what strategy he he has yeah. and things like that, or what is he missing on? What yeah. is he? Yeah, because I mean, now he's going to be more challenging. I think it's going to be more challenging for him because of how the landscape has changed now. Now these kids can now, if he do have, let's say he has a sub party this year, but he has a few standout players on the scene. Yeah, they got the option of just transferring out of there. And not take a hit, and now yeah. you're losing some of your better players, yeah, because it's still a better, you know, opportunity to win somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I think he's got to be careful with that too. But I think if he can just kind of build a solid team and try to keep the core that thing together, he can get back. Yeah, but, and like you said, a couple of years ago, wasn't it like almost the whole team jumped into the transfer? Yeah, so there's something I mean, there, what? you know. Yeah, and it's crazy because I looked a little bit into it. I didn't dig dig yeah. super deep, which I probably should have. But even looking into it, I didn't really find anything that you're like, oh, wow, this is going on at Stanford? 
You know what I'm saying? Right. There was no kind of like just shocking news. It was right. just like, oh, all these guys left. Yeah, man. Maybe like I said, it was something <laughs> just in the house that you yeah. know was discussed, and it's just something they they let it die there, so it didn't really get out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you, it's got to be something there for that many guys to just transfer, especially at a position. Yeah. You know, and at a school um, like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's rare that you, you you just see that. Yeah. I mean this, and this actually happened before all this nil stuff mm-hmm. really, you know, got yeah. to where it is now. So, yep. yeah, it's something he's he's going to have to really address and try to get back because now I see where other teams are, um, have made um, decision to improve the team. So yeah. if they start getting better, they're going to start being overshadowed. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the last thing you want to have happen. Yeah. So, well, all right. Well, that pretty much wraps up our first episode for the Pac-12 North. It is. I think we had some pretty good discussions and everything. In the next episode, we're going to preview the Pac-12 South and talk about my favorite topic, weekday games in the (laughs) Pac-12. Do you like it or don't you like it? Uh, tune in to the next episode and find out what my actual personal opinion is on it. Right. <laughs> We've had some pretty good discussions about it. <laughs> so, well, all right. Well, everybody out there, I really enjoyed this episode. I hope y'all did too. Daz, you got anything for the people? No, man. I just thank you again. We always appreciate you guys uh, chiming in, listening. Um, spread the words. Kind of, you know, like the the page and send Press it out. download. Friends. Definitely, man. Definitely, <laughs> man. We appreciate you guys. We we do this. I mean, it, it's not just it's a podcast thing we do, man. We really enjoy this. We do it for fun. So, oh yeah, you know, just, I enjoy the hell out of it. Football. So. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Like Taz said, just go ahead, let everybody know. Make sure you press the download button, people. Apparently, like I said, that's how they keep track of us and everything. So, I really hope y'all enjoyed the show. I don't have nothing else. Like I said, next one, we got Pac-12 South. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Y'all have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Peace.